you have probably seen a war movie that shows a unit of soldiers walking along on a mission to rescue or find someone that is behind enemy lines. Here are guys risking their lives for what they feel is the right thing to do. They may not even know the guy, but feel that it is their duty as soldiers to bring him home. This unit has formed a bond that goes beyond each man's personal agenda. They each have a different personality and at times may even disagree and fight with each other, but they would do just about anything to help and save one of their fellow brothers in arms that was in trouble. This is that band of brothers we hear so much about, especially when we talk about men's groups, clubs, or even gangs. In episode 52, I will share about several men in the Bible that had a band of brothers that helped them in times of crisis and how that applies to you and me and the men we have or need in our lives in the 318 Project. This is the 318 Project, a guide to equip men through godly principles and develop as husbands, fathers, and sons. And now, your host, Ryan Hare. Hello, I'm Ryan Hare, and welcome to the 318 Project. As I described that scene in the introduction, you may have had a picture in your mind of a specific movie or event that really stood out to you of a group of guys that were a band of brothers working together for a cause. So the question I want to ask you is, who do you have as a band of brothers to help and protect you? When the enemy attacks and brings accusations against you or about you, is there a brother by your side? Do you have an armor bearer? Now, in the Bible, you only see the armor bearer mentioned in the Old Testament, but the same duties and responsibilities continue on even today. Now, an armor bearer was a young man that would carry the weapons and shield of the man that he was under. Much like a knight's squire that we see later on in medieval times that would carry the weapons into combat, but also use that sword and shield to protect their master. Over time, he would train and even be able to fight alongside the warrior or knight that he was serving. Sometimes the armor bearer would use that shield or weapon to protect or defend the flank of his master. In 1 Samuel chapter 14 verses 1 through 14, we read of Jonathan and his armor bearer defeating the Philistines. And starting with verse 6, it says, Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison that is of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. 
Then Jonathan said, Very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say thus to us, Wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say to us, Come to us, then we will go up, for the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Look, the Hebrews are coming out of their holes where they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we will show you something. Jonathan then said to his armor bearer, Come up after me for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. That first slaughter, which Jonathan and his armor bearer made, was about 20 men within half an acre of land. Here we see Jonathan and his armor bearer going up to battle. And here the armor bearer is saying, I have your back. I am with you. I am following you and I will be there for you. We also see later on that David would become Saul's armor bearer as mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 21. But it isn't just about having one person as an armor bearer being there, but there are times you need a full garrison of brothers. Now, I've mentioned this and talked about it in some of my very first episodes of the 318 Project. And about the foundation of the 318 Project comes from the verse Genesis 14, 14. Here we see that Lot was taken captive and Abraham raises up with his 318 men and servants that were trained in his household to go and rescue Lot. And that is what brotherhood is about. When we see a brother that is facing a trial, dealing with a situation or a sin, maybe he has walked away from his faith or even his family, that you will go and fight for them and help restore them. Proverbs 17.17 says, A friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. And that is the thing we as brothers have to do, that when there is a trial or an adversity coming against one of our fellow brothers, whether he is a Christian or not, to go to them, help them, support them, be by their side, and know that they are not in this battle alone. Now, here's the thing. When you are looking for those men to have in your life, you don't need to look for a yes man that will agree and follow along with everything you say or do. But you need men who will hold you accountable and speak truth into your life, even if it brings correction. 
Of course, when anyone talks about men's ministry or discipleship, the verse that is always quoted is Proverbs 27, 17, that says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. To sharpen a sword or weapon means that it has been used in battle, and it's probably been dented, chipped, or gotten dull from hitting against the enemy's armor, shield, weapons, whatever it was, especially in medieval times. Now, when you talk to anyone that works with metal and forges knives, they will tell you that if you repeatedly sharpen the blade, that after a while, you are shaving away the steel from that knife or sword, and the blade simply gets smaller in size. Now, to maintain the size and shape actually comes when the blacksmith would pound out the dents and flaws with a hammer. Then once this is done, they would go and sharpen the blade and smooth out those remaining flaws. And that's what we need sometimes. We need that person in our lives that sometimes is not just going to come by and sharpen us, as the verse says, but sometimes it's going to take some pounding, some beating, some being corrected of the things that we may have, those flaws in our lives that are holding us back from having the full potential that God has for us. Again, as an armor bearer and a brother in arms, that is what we are required to do for our fellow brothers. We may see their flaws just as they see ours and through guidance and prayer allows the Holy Spirit to mend us. The thing is, is that Satan just doesn't attack us from the same direction every time. He may first come at us with a frontal assault, Then the next time, it may be a sneak attack from behind, or he ends up trying to sideswipe us. That is why you and I need brothers praying for us on all sides, almost like we are covered in a box on all six sides. Going back to David, over time, he rose from being just a young shepherd that became King Saul's armor bearer to becoming the king of Israel. Now, King David had his mighty warriors that stood out as his elite force of mighty men that is stated in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 8 through 36. Many of these warriors risked their lives because they believed in what he was doing for Israel. David even had his army of 600 men that followed him when he was running from King Saul. As I said, this doesn't just apply to an army or a military group. This can apply to just us as men in general. But also, a lot of this goes in line with being a firefighter. And as a firefighter, one of the movies that is basically a required viewing for us is the movie Backdraft. Now, if you've seen the movie, there is a scene near the end of the movie when one of the main characters, played by Kurt Russell, is trying to save a fellow firefighter in a burning building. 
even though this other firefighter had done some bad things, Kurt Russell's character is holding on to his arm when the other firefighter tells him, just let me go. When Kurt Russell responds with, you go, we go. And that is what brotherhood should be, that you will do everything in your power to help and save and hold on to a brother. You may get cuts, burns, bruises, and scars, but you aren't going to give up on them. Unfortunately, I have seen it many times that when a brother goes through a trial, a divorce, he's caught in adultery, maybe dealing with drugs or an alcohol addiction, that most times men will simply just walk away and abandon that brother instead of reaching out and helping. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 through 12 talks about the value of a friend or brother. When you and I read it, we tend to have it associated with marriage, but this also applies to friendships and brotherhood and that band of brothers. And it says here in those verses, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up the companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken." And that is part of having that band of brothers. This is that unity and bond that when the enemy comes and attacks you, there is strength in numbers to overcome and defeat Satan. We have to have those brothers in our lives. Even when you look at a gang, even though their intentions are a lot of times misplaced, or their intentions are for a wrong behavior, when you look at it, they have this family mentality of taking care of their brothers and sisters in that gang. And they will go at all cost to, whether it's a retaliation for something that was done against a fellow brother, or to rescue that brother that is trapped, caught, whatever it may be. So why are we as Christians not doing the same thing for our fellow brothers that need us, that when they are caught in a situation, we are willing to stand by their side? Now, it doesn't mean that we are agreeing with things that they are doing if it's a wrong behavior, such as infidelity, uh, being caught up again in alcoholism or drug addiction. We're not standing there saying, you, what you're doing is right. It is bringing that correction and helping them get out of that situation, but it's also helping them to restore a family, that bond of their family coming back together, restoring a marriage, or even helping them find their faith again. 
So as I'm coming to a close, my challenge to you is to start praying about and looking for those brothers that you can unite with. That will be your band of brothers, but also that you can be theirs also. It isn't just to say that you have a brother by your side, but to also know that they won't abandon you in times of trouble. I want to encourage you to really search for that man that will be a mentor and brother in your life, but also to take that time and look for men that you can be a mentor and brother to help encourage them that when they face those tough times and trials, you will be by their side. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. And as always, be sure to share it with other men so that they can be encouraged also. And as always, I want you to have a blessed and wonderful day. Thank you for joining on this adventure of integrity and honor in godly masculinity. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other men. And remember to keep building faithful men.